Hi, mate. Welcome to Indie Spunk. This is the place where emerging filmmakers can roll up their sleeves, get strategic, and create career-changing work from script to screen. Hosted by yours truly, Izzy Stevens. I'm an actor, award-winning indie filmmaker, coach, and an Aussie in LA. And here, you'll uncover your road ahead so you can get more stories funded, filmed, and celebrated. From building connections, pitching, crowdfunding, festivals, publicity, and creative entrepreneurship, of course, with a healthy dose of industry special guests, we talk about it all. And I get pretty honest about my experiences in the industry too. The good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) So if that sounds like your jam, I'm really glad you're here. Let's dive in. Coming to you from noisy, noisy, noisy Hollywood, Los Angeles. I'm not sure if you can hear the helicopters above my head. They're looking for me. How many times can I make that joke in my apartment? (laughs) There are too many helicopters. (laughs) They're coming for me. Um, Hi, welcome to Indie Spunk podcast. I'm excited to share something with you today. Last week I had two classes, free classes. They were called Money Doesn't Make Your Film. And it was so much fun. I really enjoyed what we spoke about. And I really wanted to bring you a piece of that class if you weren't able to make it or you're coming to us from the future. You can now have a listen. I'm talking about a key piece of the uh, of the writing process today about writing a micro-budget short film um, because we have two more days left to enroll you into micro-budget bootcamp. I'm very excited about this, um, about this program. Anyway, I'm going to let you listen and enjoy. Um, yeah, if you're curious about making a micro-budget film, hit, hit me up and you can go to indiespunk.com slash bootcamp. If you want to get in to this program, it's going to be really fun. We're, ha- we're doing it over uh, four weeks in July, over the summer, if you're in America and winter, if you're in Australia or wherever you are in the world, check the weather. That's what it'll be next month. <laughs> um, and yeah, anyway, it's going to be really fun. And if you're, again, coming to us from the future and enrollment has closed, you can still go to indiespunk.com slash bootcamp and there will be a wait list form for you to add yourself to when doors open it'll be um it'll be like gangbusters i don't know what that term even means anymore okay i'm gonna stop rambling and let you actually listen to the episode i hope you're having an amazing week so far or day or night wherever you are sending you much love much filmmaking magic and um and i'll see you on the other side bye one script writing tool when working with a micro budget give me a one if you're like let's do it i'm so excited i can't wait i want to know give me a one if you're ready (laughs) yes one okay this is also really handy if you want to rewrite a script that you've already written that's too expensive okay so my clients start working with me when they either have a script already written or a few ideas on what they want to write and their first question is commonly is this idea good enough Okay, it's a really valid question. I completely understand why people ask it. But the truth is, it's not about the idea. It's about the execution. Mm, Big time. You know, this thing about um, uh, every story has been told, right? Like someone said this, like, you know, if you read To Kill a Mockingbird, Anna Karenina, 
you know, Huckleberry Finn. If you read these, like, I don't know, 10 books, you realize every story has been told. Um, and so why not just tell the story your way? And that's kind of the truth. I think, you know, this is something that I want everyone to know, like your, the idea that you have is likely perfectly fine. It's the way that you're going to execute it. That really is the sticking point and the thing that we want to discuss. Oftentimes what we need to do is actually dig a little deeper to really get to the core of the story, to really understand the best way to execute it for maximum effect. And it's best if you do that upfront in the script process rather than in post-production like I did. And I'm going to tell you that story. Aren't these paper clips so freaking cute? <laughs> this, this one's eyelashes. Uh, but before, before I tell you that story, there are so many ways to compellingly execute an idea seamlessly in a short film while using very little resources. And we get deep on this inside Micro Budge Bootcamp. But I want to tell you about one particularly powerful tool in order to write or rewrite your script for a micro budget. With a micro budget short film, limit the time frame of the story. Hmm, what do I mean by that? Let me tell you. Okay, I just told you about Phenomena. This is my film. In Phenomena, I was in post-production on my second short. And as I was editing, I realized that the second half of the film was not serving the story. It wasn't cutting together nicely at all. And in the original script, the character in multiple scenes and in various locations experienced a similar level of psychosis. The problem was there was almost too much of the same same expressing that I did in the film in order to build to a climax. And it didn't really build to a climax at all. It didn't, it didn't really have that like moment of impact. And what I mean by that is like, okay, so the character Emma, who's uh, this one, <laughs> they're twins, so it's hard to tell. This one, this is Emma, and this is her sort of doppelganger second version of herself. So Emma goes to college and sees herself, sorry, Emma goes to college and has an experience with someone that gives her this kind of psychological trauma impact. And then she goes to a cafe and has an experience with someone that gives her this kind of psychological trauma impact. And then she goes to a restaurant or walks down the street and the same thing happens. So we have three of these three, in three different locations, three of these situations where the same thing sort of happens to illustrate that she's going down this rabbit hole. These things are happening to her. But the truth was, it actually wasn't giving me that impact, that moment of intensity that I really needed. And when I was in the edit, I was like, oh, this isn't working. Now, in, when I'm working with people, when I have a conversation with other people, when um, people ask me to give them notes, I'm very upfront about what needs to be cut. I, you know, it's like this awful saying, kill your darlings, but I'm editing, you know, whenever I'm editing, I'm like, well, that needs to go. That's not serving the story. And that needs to go because that's distracting and we want to create this impact. And I know a lot of people are the opposite where they're like, no, I love all of it. I want to keep all of it. I want to make sure that it all lives on the, on the screen. But I think that um, it's very important to consider what's best for the story. And so six months into editing, I went, you know what? <laughs> we have to reshoot half the film. I don't like these scenes. I don't like what they're doing. I think that we need to cut them. Meanwhile, I didn't have any money to do this, right? I didn't have like the money to throw around. And by the way, I didn't, like this film was made on a very low budget. So I really needed to figure it out. Shortly after I was like, that's it. I got to cut this whole section of the film out and I want to reshoot. And my team was like, okay, Izzy, crazy, but let's do it. Uh, we did a day of guerrilla style shooting on Sydney trains, which might I add, would usually cost like tens of thousands of dollars at least. I mean, in fact, 
it's so expensive that we actually did shoot one time um, when I was shooting underbelly, we had like a six hour, very short half day on uh, on a Sydney train station, not even using the trains, just the station. And that show is like, uh, you know, they had like two to $3 million an episode and they could only si still be able to do six hours. Like it's a very expensive thing to do. So I knew I couldn't um, couldn't obviously pay for permits and, you know, not a lawyer. And this is not me giving you advice to go and break all the rules and the laws, but this is just, I did what I needed to do. And I really could only visualize this happening on a train. So we went to, uh, we went with a skeleton crew, a small camera and my two lead actors. We hopped from train to train to get the shots we needed. It was exhilarating and it was completely run and gun. No permits, very naughty, but <laughs> I will say, Nailing continuity in the edit was a very rough challenge, but I made it work. And especially with this particular scene. So in this moment, Emma runs down the stairs because it's a double-decker train that we have in, in Australia and Sydney, runs down the stairs, exits, and then we are behind her with the camera. We exit with her. We're, I'm standing, uh, my cinematographers, Kate, Kate, and myself standing right behind her, and she appears in the door. This was like a lot to coordinate. Basically, I just had to tell them what we wanted to do. We only had one try to do this. And I couldn't believe we got it. I was so excited, which is why I use this picture as a slide. Um, and I don't even know if you can see, but like, there's the camera. <laughs> you can see in the reflection, there's the camera. I think I'm there. And my cinematographer Kate was like, oh my God, you can see the camera. I was like, no one's going to know. It's so quick. I don't care. I'm so happy we got the shot and we got exactly what we wanted and what we needed, which was exhilarating. <sighs> By the way, all of the subway and train scenes in the Black Swan were also shot guerrilla style, fun fact. They did not have permits either. So if it's good enough for Darren Aronofsky, it's good enough for me. But I thought that was really interesting to know, even though he was like, let's just get a camera, take Natalie Portman down and and uh, to the subway in New York and, um, and get some great shots. And this was like really a disturbing scene. Oh, I love this film though. Anyone else? Black Swan, like, like what do I say? It's female-led psychological thriller is my vibe. Anyone into this? Yes. Yes. Great. <laughs> Not alone. <laughs> Such a good film. Okay. So had I never used those three locations that we deleted in the process, I would have saved half the total amount of resources that I spent on shooting, right? Like time is money, but would I go back and change anything? Absolutely not. Because the experience actually taught me how to write a compelling short film that works within the boundaries of a small budget and heightens the creativity. It actually makes the film that much stronger. So what am I talking about? Okay, here are the steps. First of all, you want to consider the emotional core of the film, the immovable theme that creates the DNA of the project. Okay, so you want to like free ride on all of these things. Number two, make a list of the themes and overarching characters, the, the overarching characters experience in the script. I feel like that's written really badly, but what I'm saying is you want to really look at what the character is experiencing. What is the arc? What, uh, what do they go through? What is the, how are they in the beginning and how do they change by the end? That is the experience we're talking about, the emotional experience. And then you want to boil this down to its core, right? So you want to go, okay, that's the emotional experience. Let's boil this down to the simplest way I could tell this and rebuild the story with one or two locations only. Then you're going to, so basically limiting the scope of your story and the timeline of your character's experience, it helps us as an audience hyper-focus on their journey and feel really invested. So it's actually really good storytelling. 
Um, and so here's some prompts that you can free write on. You can screen grab this if you want. Um, take a character out of the events in the timeline. What are you left with? That's what we want to know, right? So if you know, if you only consider the emotional experience, what is that? Then why do you believe that that particular emotional experience is important? I want to just give you a little hint here. This, this question number two is really a gateway into the blueprint of how you might pitch the project as well. And uh, number and number C, <laughs> what, oh no, it says number three there. It says number C on my notes. I'm just going to go with number C. What if the event in the film happened over one evening instead of just, a, instead of like a few days or a week or a month or a year, let's boil it down to one one short time frame, like an evening or a day or two days, like keep it really short and sweet in terms of their timeline. How could you tell your exact same story, but over a much shorter time frame? See how short you can make it. Like just use this as an exercise. How short could I possibly make this? Because especially with, you can do this with anything, right? And drama, thriller, Western comedy, whatever tickles your fancy. And with all of those things, getting really specific heightens our attunement as an audience to the film. So, you know, someone, and I'm just like flying off the cuff now for some reason, because I just feel like doing that. But imagine a, a scene where, you know, someone's like sitting through a dinner party and they're having a, a really, you know, shitty time because everyone at the dinner party, I'm just making this up, everyone at the dinner party is um, being rude to them and they're anxious. Okay, so we might see in the script multiple times, like their anxiety causes them to be sweaty. Their anxiety causes them to do blah, blah, to do blah, blah, right? Their anxiety causes this. What if instead of the entire dinner party, and that's already a short time frame, what if all we see is their anxiety about picking up the fork? You just focused on the fact that they were so anxious that they couldn't pick the fork up. And so the whole film is them trying to psych themselves up to pick up the fork, right? And so suddenly we get really in-depth into this character's emotional experience. And not only is that really fascinating for us as an audience, but in a short film format where we only have so much time with people, it gives us the opportunity as an audience to really get to know this character, feel them, relate to them and have it impact us to say, oh my gosh, I totally know that feeling when, you know, you don't want to eat in front of these people and everyone's judging you and like, you can't pick the fork up. It's also like, that could be a comedy. That could be a psychological thriller. That could be, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say Western. I mean, the interesting Western, but the point is that is something that kind of translates to a lot of different formats. This is one of five script lessons that I teach you inside the writing module of Micro Budge. But we don't need to see flashbacks. Oh, this is something that I really want to say. The <laughs> don't I don't want to miss my point. The narrowing of your character's timeline is not just good storytelling. It's really engaging for an audience when we're only watching six to 12 minutes of a character's journey, as I mentioned. So we don't need to see flashbacks and timeline context. I want you to leave that out, okay? And I might be pushing some buttons here, or maybe maybe you feel like you want to disagree with me. That's completely fine. My feeling on this is after seeing a lot of films, and I also help a lot people create a lot of films, that it's very easy to want to rely on the crutch of have a have a narration and have flashbacks and have timeline jumps and these things that you want to put in because you want to give context to why they are the way they are and what's going on. 
leave them out. It's actually a more interesting story if we get to fill in the gaps and then you trust your audience more. Um, and I would only use them if they were super, super, super vital for the story, such as, you know, a character discovers a time machine and then they time jump. But if it's just to tell or give context to a story, I actually really recommend not doing it. Um, yes, that is a little bit of my personal bias, but also something that I've seen and heard from a lot of people in the industry as well. So this, we just need to see that character in one intimate moment of their lives to live with them for a moment. That's how you engage and hook an audience. That's how you have people fall in love with you and fall in love with your filmmaking. It takes a lot more precision than the sprawling time effect of stretching the timeline of events out wide. And as I said, it works for comedy, thriller, drama, Western, everything, whatever tickles your fancy. With a micro budget short film, please limit the time frame of the story. You'll save dollar bills all over the place and you'll also tell a better story. You will make a more compelling film. What am I seeing in the chat? Exact advice I've gotten for editing poetry. Cut what isn't necessary. Yep, exactly. Ugh, obsessed with swallow. Me too, cat. Oh my gosh, telling me about it. Psychological thriller, female focused. I'm here for it. And so within 12 months of directing Phenomena, all of these things happened. My film screened on ABC. I was asked to be on film festival voting panels. I moved to LA. I booked paid directing gigs. I got recognized publicly as a creative rather than just like, oh, you're on that show, but actually as me, which was very cool. I had traction in my career more than I had in years. I used the film to connect with and build relationships with industry people. I realized how hot I am for editing and sound design. No joke. And we actually go into that a lot in Microbudge Bootcamp because the quality of your editing, the quality of your sound design, super important cannot be slapped together and I gained a bunch more confidence on set I also landed better rep in the U.S. and I booked acting work now I am telling you all of this not to brag because who gives a fuck about my you know success stories I'm telling you this because it took me investing committing to myself saying yes giving myself permission trusting that that person that had very little belief or very little knowledge that this could work for me and just going ahead and really focusing on my idea. And it was a bumpy ride in making the film. That's a wrap on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that was valuable. Did you like it? What do you reckon? Um, and just so you remember, Microbudge Bootcamp is closing this Thursday. Enrollment is closing this Thursday evening. So if you want to come and join us, check out, there's a link in the show notes, uh, www.indiesbug.com slash bootcamp. It is in the show notes, so you can click through. And I just hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. I'll see you soon. Oh, we have a really exciting exciting episode next week with mentors on the mic michelle miller who is a genius and an actress and a communications coach and she has some really interesting insights into how to be a better communicator it's gonna be a really good episode i can't wait to share it with you i'll see you next week or very soon i don't know what what will happen let's see <laughs> bye